0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Rose Metal Podcast hosted by Emily Watson. In this podcast, we talk about the transition out of sports and any struggles athletes may have faced during sports or afterwards. Rose metal's mission is to provide resources and support for current and former athletes. Lexi Blackwell is a former soccer player from Midwest City, Oklahoma. She has her bachelor's degree in health and human performance from Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. She has her master's degree in sports psychology from Adams State University in Alamosa, Colorado. As a mental performance coach, she has a brand called Athlete Second, which we'll talk about, um, that's focused on mental health of athletes. In her free time, she enjoys hanging out with her year-and-a-half-old son, creating TikToks and educational content, shopping, and cooking. In this podcast, we'll be talking about her career-ending injury, identity problems related to sports, and finding a job as an athlete, and her brand, Athlete Second. So thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what hardships did you face throughout high school and how did that affect you? We, we talked about this before, our, our, um, before recording. We talked about you had some hardships. Um, so what, what were those hardships and how did you handle them?
1: So whenever I decided to go to the high school I went to, I had been told for years from my club coach, hey, if you transfer over to my school, we will win state. And so as my little elementary school self, I was like, yeah, for sure. And my parents ended up transferring me into the district of the school that I went to. At that young of age and I got to my high school and it was just immediate pressure because there was already this expectation behind it that we were going to win state once my age group got there. And so during my time, it just always felt like everything was up to my performance. There was a time where I had gotten permission to go play in a tournament with my club and come back and play with my high school team and whenever I got there and I was playing I could barely run up and down the field because I just didn't have the energy to do so and my coaches would yank me out of the game yell at me tell me to get it together throw me back in and we ended up losing the last game of the tournament and it just like turned into chaos my coaches were in my face they were screaming they were blaming the loss on me and as a freshman it just immediately became clear to me that all of this season is about me. It's about my performance. And I didn't know how to handle that because I was at such a young age. And so as time went on, I just felt this pressure constantly until we made it to our state game. And there was just a huge issue that weekend between club state and high school state. And it all just happened to be one weekend. And they were trying to make the whole decision about what my decision was gonna be. Was I going to play in my high school game? Was I gonna play with my club? And at the time I knew what where my heart was. I knew I wanted to play in my state championship high school game. I knew that is why I came to be at this school. And so there was a lot of conflict about that decision because everybody wanted it their way when they were pulling me left and right. And so instead of being happy and excited that I made it to state, it ended up being full of emotions. I cried before my game. like I just felt like there was so much pressure for me to be this perfect person and make the right decision. And so I ended up hurting people's feelings and a lot of just things came of it. And so we got to the game and I scored the first goal and it was just like a whole ordeal because the team that we played. In past years, my school has lost to them every year. They've never had a lead on them. And so me scoring was like, oh, we have a chance to win. And so we get through the game and we start to lose. And I just felt like defeated every time they would score. I felt like I was having everything that I worked towards just taken away from me. And so we ended up losing the game. And it was just kind of my first like real defeated moment of not achieving a goal that I had put all of myself into right so though that did happen that wasn't the end of it Um, both my high school coach and my club coach because of the whole weekend and the drama and things that came of it they both left my programs that I was a part of and they kind of blamed it on this situation and so me as a freshman I'm like oh my gosh I just blew up my whole soccer career because of a decision that I made the pressure that was put on me And so that whole summer, I just felt depressed and felt like my sport didn't love me back. And it just kind of hit me pretty hard at such a young age. And so whenever I went into my next years of playing, I wasn't fully there. I wasn't happy. And I didn't feel like I wanted to be a part of my sport because I didn't feel the love for it anymore. And so as time went on, there was just more drama with the high school team and it, It just didn't feel like something I wanted to be a part of. It just felt like something that I was doing because I wanted to have a soccer scholarship and play for college. And so once I got to my college, I just was there. I didn't put in any effort. I didn't really care if I played a lot. I just was really disconnected, but I still had that satisfaction that I was a collegiate athlete and I can say that I was one. And so during my time there, I ended up with an injury my freshman year and I had surgery on it. And I was like, cool, now I can actually play at a better playing ability because this injury is taken care of and I can just kind of move on. That didn't actually happen. (laughs) Unfortunately, I retour my injury immediately after I was released and kind of getting back into the flow of playing. And it took me completely out of sports. I got told by my doctor, if you play, you're going to have a hip replacement. You're, you're going to deal with this for the rest of your life. Or you just sit down and just be done and you'll heal. So at that moment, I had to make a decision and I decided to step away. And it was kind of a 50-50 thing after the past four years of things that I went through with my sport. I, it was almost like a relief. Like now I have a way out. Now I can finally just move on from this sport that I didn't necessarily want to be in in the first place and then the other half of me was like wow you just spent the last x amount of years playing and and this is really it this you're done like it just happened and so I came to terms with it pretty quickly because I knew that I had to find what was next for me and I couldn't just sit back and just wait for life to show me what's next and so I had my emotions when I told my coach that I was done. And then from then on, I've just been complacent with my decision and just have created something new for myself. Does that injury still hurt you today? Um, It has its moments. So once I stopped at least a year after, I was finally to the point where I wasn't with daily pain. Um, It was so it was very bad in college for me because I couldn't sleep at night. I was in so much pain. And so once I kind of relaxed, then it, it got to be like every other day, then it was like random days in the month. And then now it's like, I know what my limit is. So I don't push that limit anymore. And now I've been pretty
0: much pain-free. That's good. And yeah. it, at the end of the day, you got to choose your health over a sport. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Can you clarify what your injury was?
1: So, I had a torn labrum in my hip. It started my sophomore year of high school where I just kind of got hit weird. I jumped up in the air for a header and somebody just bumped me and I landed wrong. And I knew it hurt at the time, but it wasn't like a hurt while I play. It was more so a hurt after everything was said and done. And so I put the injury off all the way up until my freshman year of college. And by that point, I knew that I had waited way too long. That's when the every single night pain started happening to where I couldn't sleep. And so I finally went to the doctor and, and they could just tell that there was a tear. They couldn't tell the extent of it until I oh. had surgery. And the extent of my tear was very, very significant to the point where I could not put any weight on my leg for two months.
0: Oh, my gosh. Did yes. you have to like, <laughs> learn how to walk and everything?
1: Um, I kind of just winged it, but yes, I did. I did because uh-huh. it wasn't like a transition where it was like, okay, now you can walk on crutches. It was more so like, okay, you should be fine now to start relearning how to walk. And it, <laughs> I didn't have any muscle on my legs, so it was just like, I it felt so weird. I it's hard to
0: describe, like, it just
1: felt like my leg wasn't there.
0: They just like they really just threw you into the fire and was like, figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Of course my mom was like,
1: please don't just jump all in. And I was like, here's my crutches. Once we got to the parking lot.
0: (laughs) So I didn't realize that you were like recruited to your high school basically. And then for all that drama to happen when they asked for you to be there.
1: Yes. Yes. It was, it was years in the making. My coach whenever I was in like the little league was he had been there for an extended length of time. And so all of my club teammates were at the school. And so he had, he knew immediately, he knew like, Hey, if you come, then the whole gang is going to be there all at once. And I've already trained you guys up until this point. So it's going to be like a big deal. We're going to be like the super team. And so, yeah, it's very unfortunate that things happen that way. And then I, he wasn't even necessarily the head coach by the time I got there. He was still a part of the program and it just ended up happening that he was at a college at the time. And he just decided that that's the direction that he was just going to go. He didn't want to be a part of the drama or anything. So he focused solely on college.
0: Well, neither did you, because you didn't play your senior year, right?
1: Correct. Correct. I decided to opt out of my senior year just to give myself, a year break from everything and just focus on my club and getting to my college as healthy as possible.
0: You know, you're not the only one. Um, like I've told you before recording, um, I know people in softball who didn't play high school their senior years because really, I don't know how it is in soccer, but in softball, at least like it's in, in, in Oklahoma, it's more competitive Um, well we were in 5A at the time uh, but uh, at least what I experienced with my high school experience is definitely more competitive for club but Mm -hmm. a lot of teammates they're from around the country and they did the same thing they just like really focused on their club their senior years so I know you're not the only one yes for
1: sure and that's how it is with soccer too it's high school for 5a I was in 5a as well was just not as competitive until you got to playoffs and then it was like okay shell shock now everybody's like at a pretty decent playing field because we all are on the same club team so it's pretty much once you got to playoffs you're playing the same people you've played all of your life so it's the same competition
0: yeah for sure um So moving on to one of your struggles that you told me about was um, placing your worth on your sport slash identifying with your sport. So in what ways have you identified with your sport?
1: So for the most part, my identity definitely carried heavy with my goals. And since when I was younger, my goals went from I want to be the best player in the world. I want to be Mia Hamm. And then it transitioned to, "Okay, now I want to win state okay, we didn't win state. Now I want to get a soccer scholarship. It was, it was very solely focused on those three main things. And so whenever they didn't happen, it was like the most devastating thing that could have ever happened to me at at that, age. And so I, I wasn't able to cope with it really well. And so that's when I would have summers where I would just sit at home and just be miserable because it's like, now what? And then I would pull myself out of being miserable by setting my next goal. And then I would go full throttle at it. And if it didn't work out, then I was at the same place again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That that reminds me of like how devastated I was to never win state in high school.
1: Yes, for sure. (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like now that's like bringing me back memories of like, man, that was like a big goal. And I'm like playing with in club like all my teammates they've won state and they're just like saying it as if it's nothing I'm like oh I wish I won (laughs) yes for sure yeah
1: I had the same thing my club teammates the same freshman year where I had the drama they actually played the night before me in their state final game and so me and a couple of my teammates at my high school we went to go watch them because those were those were our friends that's who we hung out with all the time and so to see them win, and it was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's what it feels like to win. That's the excitement that comes with it. All right, yeah. let's carry that over into the next day. And so they they did what we did. They came and watched us play. And then all that happened. And it was like, oh, wow, now I feel like a failure because I just watched my teammates do it and saw how yeah. happy they were. But then I couldn't do the same thing.
0: It's really real, like you really feel like a failure, like identifying with like your wins and losses is real. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so with that, is that what led you into getting your degrees, your health and human performance degree and your sports psychology degree?
1: So with my health and human performance degree, I kind of decided that for myself whenever I was in high school. I had a trainer. I had multiple trainers that I did um, a lot of sessions with. I was there in their gyms three times a week. It became almost like my second home. And so just being in that environment and getting the opportunities that I had to learn about physical performance, what goes into marketing players, behind the scenes of signing days, just all the different opportunities I got with it, it made me realize that I wanted to be that kind of mentor for other people. Yeah. And so I decided that that was the degree I was going to get. And, and that's what I wanted to do with my life. And once I got to my internship side of things, I don't really necessarily know if it was just my experience with the internship or if it, if I just knew in that moment, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do, but I kind of decided that it might not be for me, but I was going to give it another shot. And so I started looking for graduate programs in Colorado And so whenever I went to visit my first school, I had everything lined up. I was supposed to have a tour and go visit the department for for, uh, strength and conditioning and go from there. And so when I got to the school, they kind of messed up everything. They had me doing my tour with incoming freshmen and they didn't have anything scheduled for me to meet with the department heads. And so it was just very chaotic and they were trying to fix it for me. And it ended up being that they got me a person to talk to in the department. And when I got there, he was like, hey, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I am not a part of the strength and conditioning program, but I can still give you information on it. And so we're like, "Okay, cool. So he's talking to us about it. And he's like, but I want to tell you about my program. And he started talking about sports psychology, what that school does, how they handle getting people opportunities to work with professional athletes and just going into full depth about their program. And as I'm sitting there, my mom and I, we're not making eye contact, but the same thoughts are going through our head at the same time. Like, this is for you. This is this is what you're meant to do, because my mom always jokes like you're the person that all your friends come to to just dump all of their problems on. And they want you to give them a solution like you're just everybody's go to. And then plus, you've been through a lot of this. And yeah. so as we're sitting there and we let him talk and do his spiel, then my mom and I started talking after and we just were sharing our thoughts about how much we thought that that was for me. And so I ended up going to the other schools and then instead of listening about their strength and conditioning programs, I'm sitting there asking, do you guys have sports psychology here? <laughs> and yeah. so it just I had this light bulb in my head that it was for me. And so from there, I just started researching online programs, because I definitely realized quickly that I can't just up and move my life to Colorado, because I don't have the money for that. I didn't work all this time. So what money did I have to go do that? So I started researching online programs, and I ended up finding one that was a pretty similar price to what I was paying at NSU once I lost my scholarship. And so... I chose that school and I went through the program the whole entire time. Like I just felt like a joy, like I had whenever I was playing my sport. And so I just fell in love with sports psychology and I had some hardships along the way, but I, I made it through my
0: program and I graduated with that degree. That is so awesome. And Mm -hmm. man, that that's like perfect timing that it came up for that opportunity, like came up for you at the time where you were like looking for what to do basically for sure for sure (laughs) that's really awesome um so you've mentioned you didn't have money so how do you think sports um played into like with challenges with finding a job so whenever I was outside of my college just through normal schooling
1: I never had the pressure on me that I had to go work My parents just paid for everything that I needed. And I was allowed to solely focus on my sport because they knew that the sport was going to bring money for me to play in college. Right. And so I had little jobs like here and there. My dad owns a cleaning business. So I helped out with his work whenever I could. And then I decided one summer, like all my friends have summer jobs. Let me try it. And so I worked at a vet for all of probably two months because then my sport picked up again and I, I couldn't do a right. job anymore. Right. And so once I got to college and it was it for me after two years of being there, I immediately knew I had to find a job because now I'm not on my own, but now it's expected of me to pay for a lot more. And so I started in my town. I, I had a college town. That's very, very small And so everybody, of course, is looking for jobs when they're there. And so I would get the second and the third interview, but I would never get the job because I never had the experience in the jobs that were available for me there. And so it became really hard and frustrating because it's like, okay, all I can say is I was an athlete. I graduated high school. Yeah. Though being an athlete brings so many different skills, people don't recognize the skills that come with it a lot of times. And so they just see an experience instead of seeing somebody who can multitask and juggle a lot of things at once and be able to manage time. And so I had to venture outside of my town, which landed me a job an hour away from where I lived. And so for a while, I was just commuting an hour in back to get to work every day, just so I could have funds to be able to live in my college town and figure, finish out my college.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a problem. I also had was like, I would get an interview or something and they'd be like, so what experience do you have in this related, like very specific industry that whatever it is, and it's like, Mm -hmm well I've been an athlete but I know that I can learn this like very quickly just trust me in there it's like oh you don't have experience how am I supposed yeah. to <laughs> even
1: after you get your degree they're still like okay you have a degree but what experience do you have exactly. like, oh, I was
0: getting my degree that's experience I was- right <laughs> busy doing degree stuff and I was an athlete most of the time and it's like Yeah, I totally get that. So now you're working on your brand, Athlete Second. So what is your, what are your, what is Athlete Second and what are your goals with it?
1: So I created Athlete Second to help break the stigma that you have to suppress your emotions and put your mental health aside with sports. So with my business, I, I, mainly focus on mental performance coaching. So I provide the tools that athletes need to be able to cope with stress and boost their confidence and help them focus more in games and just any other life stressors that they may be dealing with. It's my job to give them the tools that they need to be able to navigate them. Um, from there, I've kind of decided like not everybody can just spend hours and hours with coaching because they have such a hard demand with schedules and stuff. And so I wanted to start creating different things that they can do outside of services with me. And so I created journals where it focuses on self-care and implementing that in their days to give their a mental break from their sport and self-regulation to just help them cope with things that they might have suppressed over the years because that's what they were taught to do. Um, And then I created one that was focused on like a revamp of what mental toughness is. So instead of when people think mental toughness of, oh, you have to fight through a workout to be considered mentally tough, it's kind of a revamp version and actually breaking down what it means to truly be mentally tough. And then I've just kind of been working on opportunities to give athletes the ability to share their stories and share what it means to be an athlete and putting themselves first. And so, yeah, I have a lot of things coming up. I should be launching at the end of the month, everything just so that people are aware that I will be fully open soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're recording this in like mid October. So hopefully by the time this comes out, maybe you'll have your stuff available. Yes, for sure. Um, so, This sounds like you do a lot of similar stuff to us, um, but you are the mental performance coach. So if you would like to talk to Lexi, check out our affiliates page and get in touch with her. Um, Okay, so moving on to uh, a very happy moment. So give me (laughs) one of your favorite moments while you were competing.
1: My favorite moment. So I have a couple. Um, I can't remember what grade I was in. But we were playing in a tournament and we were in a championship game. And at the time I played defender. So I'm pretty far back. And it's raining. It's just disgusting weather. Nobody really wants to be out there. And so just me being me at the time, somebody passes the ball back towards like midfield. So I'm standing behind midfield. I see the ball coming towards me and I just shoot it. Like just had no business doing it. Just decided (laughs) to do it because why not? And I scored. And we won. And that was just like the craziest thing that had ever happened to me. Like I, I just like put all of my faith into the shot and I ended up winning us the championship. And so that was a really, really big moment where even my parents like still reposted on Facebook, just like our pictures from after. That's just like my reminder of like, there was really happy times in sports for me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why I like asking this question is because, yes, there are very hard moments and like challenges with being Mm -hmm. an athlete, but there's also a lot of really awesome moments. And I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't take back all the time that I put into being an athlete and it's the best thing ever. And, um, this is like athlete, athlete second and rose metal. Like we're just trying to give resources to these athletes because that's just like a really cool moment to have. And we wish that people would have those kind of moments all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, so what was, what aspect of the transition out of sports was the hardest for you and what advice can you give to athletes on what you learned from that?
1: What was the hardest for me was really just trying to find a new identity. I was super consumed in my sport. I didn't have a secondary identity, sort of say. And so whenever I got out of sports, I completely closed that chapter. And that included the people that I grew up with. And so because unfortunately, they were associated with it, in my mind, I only hung out with them because of my sport, and I had no other connection to them. And so I closed out a lot of people. I closed out a lot of the happy times that happened. I closed out a lot of the negative so it wouldn't affect my new life that I was trying to build. And so with that, that was me again suppressing emotions and suppressing things that happened to me. And so now that I'm forming new relationships and I'm I'm moving on with my life, now these things are starting to creep up because I never dealt with them. And it's affecting how I handle my relationships with other people. And it makes me like really guarded of jumping into these new relationships because I don't want to feel like if I close this chapter, I'm going to close them out kind of thing. And so my, my advice would be to athletes is discovering who you are when you shut off your athlete identity. And so it's important that you turn off that identity At some points in your day so that you can figure out who you are and figure out what people you want in your life so that whenever the ball does start stop bouncing, you know who
0: you are. You don't have to figure out who you are after your sport stops. Right. Um, Like, there's so much that goes into that, but I don't know about you, but for me, I was like, what am I good at besides softball? Right. And I literally had to ask that question out loud. I had to, I even asked my mom, I was like, Am I even good at anything besides softball? And she was, of course, my mom, an outside perspective, was like, Well, of course you are. And listen yeah. to things. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes it takes that, like, asking yourself, like, being real with, like, yes, like, give yourself a list. Like, it might help to write it down. I don't know what your advice is for mm-hmm. figuring exactly how to figure that thing out, but I, I suggest finding, like finding it out because it feels good when you're like, you know what I do, I am like a really awesome person. I'm a, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. I, I, all these things besides athlete.
1: Yes, for sure. And I do believe that it does help with writing it down and posting it somewhere, even if it's just listing out your core values, like what's important to you, what defines who you are, because a lot of those things that you start to write out will take over and carry over into your sport It it allows you to not deal with things that you wouldn't want to deal with in your regular life or it helps you to prioritize making time for different people whenever you aren't on the field so i think i think if people write it down then they would really truly start to understand like what it means to be them
0: yeah. I also think it should be normalized to make friends, try to branch out from your team. Mm-hmm. Like thing that I'm really glad that I did in college was I made friends with people that were in different sports and uh, even a couple of people that weren't even in sports mm-hmm. that just like kind of helped me get away with, get away from just talking about softball all the time. Right. And having like a, a circle of friends that like, maybe you don't spend too much time with (laughs)
1: yes for sure I did the same thing I I really tried to find other people my I had four roommates or three other roommates there's four of us total people I play it with and then I had to be with them what felt like 24 7 and so me and one of my roommates were like no we're gonna find other friends and we did and and we were looked at like we were crazy like our teammates could not fathom that we had other friends so when yeah. we did the college things and they saw us talking to other people or if we had like a get together at our house and they saw other people, they just looked at us and they're like, "Do you know these people?" And we're <laughs> like, yeah, we know that like we invited them, and so That's it so was fun. almost like all the time because we just had other friends and and they chose to just solely hang out with the girls in the boys soccer team,
0: yeah, yeah, it actually happens a lot. so yeah, I highly suggest making more friends
1: yes (laughs) especially in college
0: (laughs) what is it like you spend at least 20 hours a week with your team like they won't I'm pretty sure they won't be offended if you go make another friend (laughs) yes for sure for sure Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Rosemetal Foundation and Twitter at Rosemetal Org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and leave a review. It really helps us by spreading the word. Sign up for our newsletter to get weekly updates from us. Another way you can support us is by making a donation at www.rosemetalfoundation.org forward slash donate. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donations are eligible to be tax deductible. So far, we have shared the stories of over 40 current and former athletes, and we have a mentorship program called Championship Mentoring.